Welcome everyone. Uh, I have changed the title of my podcast to more accurately reflect kind of what I'm doing. Um, hope it makes sense to you. I've changed it from the free man theory to my conversations because uh, this is, yeah, this is kind of what I'm doing. Um, there's many great conversations. This could be a little arrogant of me. I don't know. You can decide that. Uh, I have many great conversations with a lot of great people. And anyway, I think they would be really impactful for you to listen in and hear. And so this is what this this is, um, my podcast. So I'll be... Um, Hopefully every Thursday we're bringing you a new podcast, a new conversation with me hitting on meaningful topics that really relate to you and your life, um, but also help you live a better one as well. So uh, what I have here is a conversation with my friend Daniel Payne, um, who I rely on a lot uh, when it comes to theology and things that um, theology affects, as in our relationships and real life. Um, so, without thir- further ado, this is my conversation with Daniel Payne. It is uh, one of two parts, so next week will um, be the second part to this, but this is part one of two. So I hope you enjoy. talk about the revealed religion and would you say it's the as in one, the one the only um yeah yeah I mean I would definitely say Christianity is a revealed religion obviously I believe that it is the the because I believe it's the only one that's true and when you when I say revealed re- religion what does that mean God in this case you know in Christianity's case in our case obviously God has to reveal himself for us to have any understanding of him. Hmm. So if God does not reveal himself, we will not and cannot know him. So it's all, yeah, it's God to us, not us to God. Right, and everything that we know about God that is true of him has been revealed by him. Okay. So how, well, yeah, I'm sorry, that my curiosity has spiked. So, therefore, what does free will play into that? Uh, yeah, free will is relevant in that mm-hmm. you are saying yes or no to that which he has revealed. Oh, okay. So we still have the option to say no. That's good. So, yeah, so let me... So the ridiculous claims, the ridiculous quote-unquote, I'm using quotes here, mm-hmm. that many of the non-believers say, so God became a man mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago mm-hmm. and walked on the earth. Mm-hmm. How is that possible? Yeah, so I think that... Yeah, go for it. That, as an example is exactly why I think it's important to emphasize the fact that Christianity is revealed. Yeah. Because I think for those of us who have been born and raised in cultures where Christianity is prevalent and is intertwined with everything that we do, Mm -hmm. it's easy for us to start thinking that somehow Christianity makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe that Christianity makes sense if you're a Christian. 
And what I mean by that is Christianity makes sense if God has revealed himself to you in a way that caused faith to arise in your heart by God's Mm. grace and you believed. And then there's an element of Christianity making sense. But to your point, we believe God became a man. Doesn't happen. Yeah. We believe that when God became a man, he came through a human female Mm -hmm. mom that was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, not a man, born of a virgin. That does not make any sense. There's no way to explain how that could make sense. Mm -hmm. We also believe that that God, that God-man, lived on the earth, just as you said, lived sinlessly, did miracles, did signs, did wonders, and then died. Mm. And we believe that his death, the God-man's death, is efficacious or is sufficient to save all those who believe. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. How can one person <laughs> die for the many? Mm-hmm. And we believe that that God-man died, was buried, and three days later mm-hmm. came back to life. Right. At his death, we believe that 500 human beings who were dead came mm-hmm. back to life, went into a town, and started walking around and living life. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so three days later, he's resurrected. We believe that he lived on the earth for a few more days after that and then was ascended. Mm-hmm. That his disciples actually watched him elevate from the earth into the sky. And we believe that that same God is coming back the same way that he went and that the God-man is coming back to earth and is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. None of that makes any sense. No. But it does... If it's been revealed to you by God's grace and faith has exploded in your heart and you've actually believed it. Yeah. There's a sense in which, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. Even though, yeah, perfect sense to the point of, well, I guess what God has allowed us, allowed you to believe. Because there's still in my mind, I'm like, I still quite don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm saying, yeah. I think I'm wanting to emphasize the fact that it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. But for those of us who have believed by mm-hmm. God's grace, there is a sense in which it does make sense. And the point is, it doesn't make sense from a human standpoint, mm-hmm. but it makes sense in the realm of faith. It makes yeah. sense in the realm of belief, in the realm of the supernatural, mm-hmm. which this whole thing it lives in. Right. Is, okay, if you're a believer... Yeah. Why do you believe? Hmm. Well, you believe because God allowed you to and revealed himself. There's a sense in which now the gospel makes sense. Yeah. So the the non-Christian and them calling us, claiming that we are crazy for believing that, Mm -hmm. the response is, yes, of course, I am crazy to you. (laughs) To me, I think that's the perfect response. And it's like, as we were kind of talking before we started this, there are very smart people, much smarter than Mm -hmm. me, who can reason uh, the faith. These are Christians. So very smart Mm -hmm. Christians who could stand toe-to-toe with very smart people who disbelieve. And they could give a reasonable argument. And Paul even encouraged us to always be ready to give a response. And I think that that is something that's helpful for the Christian, but I think for the Christian, personally, he or she needs to remember 
mm-hmm. that this faith is revealed and that really it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense naturally. Yeah. And I would say a lot of the arguments that this the experts, the the critics of Christianity is that Christianity is cultural. That it makes sense inside a cultural system of thinking and understanding that fits your lifestyle, that fits mm-hmm. your way of thinking and understanding and mm-hmm. makes you feel good when mm-hmm. bad things happen. Right. But we would believe, because of what we were in the Bible, what we have personally experienced with God, not just because of what we know, but we actually what we know intimately, that He transcends all that. He transcends our pain. He transcends... Right. But that's... And therefore, there is a there's a lifestyle that I think everybody would crave. There's a uh, and in, the intangible aspects of life. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest one being love. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it, mm-hmm. but I know it transforms me. I know it changes me. I know it is the very thing I crave, mm-hmm. which is who he is, right? Right. And believing that, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, is there's so much of us that that uh, what's the, the wording I'm trying to figure out here? Yeah, it doesn't just fit into a nice system of thinking that it actually that's tangible and easy to to understand. But there is something about it that is more than anything is the intangible part. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think there's aspects of Christianity. Uh, morally that can make sense in cultures. Right. Do not kill. Do not. Yeah. So that that can make sense. But I think when specifically if we talk about the gospel. Right. The gospel to me doesn't make sense in any culture Mm. unless it's been revealed to you. Right. By God. Because again that's what we were kind of keying in on when we started all this. The gospel being God became a man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Lived on the earth, born of a virgin, lived on the earth, lived sinlessly on the earth. Mm-hmm. And when he died, he died for the sins of everyone, mm-hmm. past, present, and future. And that by believing in him, and he was obviously resurrected three days later, and by believing in him, we might get what the Son of God deserves, which mm-hmm. is righteousness, which is blessing which is relationship with the Father, and He actually took what we deserve. Nothing about that makes sense, to me at least, yeah. unless you believe. Yeah. And there's a verse in First Second Corinthians 3, um, 14, says, But their minds were hardened, for until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted, because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I guess I was keying in on verse 16, but whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's the whole revealing. Right. This has to be revealed to you for you to be able to believe. Mm. Christianity is not an argument. It's not a reasoning it has to be revealed supernaturally. That's good. So, yeah, that leads me to the big question of, so what does that mean about the Bible? Speaking of, since you just read from it. Yeah. 
which is a hot topic today, uh, does the Bible, is it just a book with some good morals that we can follow, that's some good guidelines of how we're supposed to live? Mm -hmm. Is it a way for us to have some human understanding to our reality? Mm -hmm. Is it just a bunch of historical documents, or is it the very word, inspired word of God? Yeah. That I... What is the starting place? Do we come to a obviously, since we're calling the yeah, I agree, it, it's revealed to us, but some people go, well, maybe after I read it, I'll believe it's the Word of God. Right. Yeah, so something, especially about what you said at the end, so something about the the Bible is that it doesn't become the Word mm-hmm. of God when you have a moment of enlightenment or aha. Mm-hmm. It is the Word of God. So the Bible says of itself, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. Some translations read God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God or is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So we believe that the Bible is God's word so much so that we would not elevate the words of Christ and the Gospels above the rest of the Bible. Right. And the reason we would not is because we believe that Genesis to Revelation Hmm. is just as if Christ was on the earth saying it then because Christ was saying it Uh through the writers. Right. And we believe that about the whole thing. That it is a the the chief means by which God has chosen to reveal Himself is through the text, is through the Bible, huh. which is life transforming. And again, it doesn't become it when I feel like it does, or when I have some aha moment. It is the Word of God. Truth has to be true, no, whether I believe it or not, for me to be able to believe it and to do something, hmm. or for me to be able to believe it in general. So, 2 plus 2 equals 4, whether I believe it or not. Yeah. But because 2 plus 2 equals 4, it actually allows me to believe that it equals 4. Mm-hmm. Because it does. But right. it doesn't equal 4 when I think it. It <laughs> does whether I think it or not. Right. Okay. So, Daniel, so if I believe it's the... I, it's been revealed to me that this is the Word of God. That it's true whether I think it is or not. Mm-hmm. It is the Word of God. It doesn't become... Correct. I am not the God of Correct. the Word of God. Correct. <laughs> he Correct. is. <laughs> Correct. So therefore, what does that mean when it comes to a personal relationship? Can I find God in the Bible? Can I know God? Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Marriage Lab. If you want your marriage to thrive... This is a great opportunity to use. The strong marriages are the bedrock of strong churches, organization, families, and community. This is a 12-month pathway for any of you that are looking to really have weekly engagement with experienced marriage counselors. Not just one, but many. So go to restory.life backslash thrive to get on the waiting list for this great program that starts in April. That's restory.life backslash thrive. And make sure you put... The word forge in the promo code to receive a discount on your monthly fee. Now, back to the episode. 
Yeah, 100%. And again, I think it's, you know, you have to ask yourself, what ways has God chosen to reveal himself? That's mm-hmm. the question. So let's start here. If Christianity is revealed, that means that I won't know God unless he reveals himself. Mm-hmm. So then the question is, how does God reveal himself? How has he chosen to reveal himself? Mm. And the chief means by which God has chosen to reveal himself is through the Bible. Mm-hmm. The odd thing, the neat thing about God choosing to reveal himself through written, uh, through words on a page is that a human author physically wrote it. Hmm. Yeah. So, oftentimes, I would say the majority of times, God chooses to reveal Himself. There is a immediate connection to a human, mm. to humanity. You mm. could say. Yeah. So, when God chose to reveal Himself, He, uh, in 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 Christ. And his son, he had his son take on flesh, take yeah. on humanity, mm-hmm. so that we could look at him in the eyeballs, so that we could touch him, so that we could listen to him with our ears, yeah. so that we could sense him with our five senses. And God, that's obviously the chief, the chiefest. <laughs> that's obviously the chief way that God revealed Himself is through His Son. But then, right behind that, you have the Bible, and God chose to reveal Himself that way through human authors. We believe that God so uh, moved through the human authors that at the same time that they wrote in ways and with information that they had and in ways that were unique to them as an individual, that is true, but it's equally true that they wrote in a way that it was as if God himself was writing it without a human mediator, without Mm. a human author that we can trust that this is God's Word in the same way as if he did not use a human author. But he did use a human author, which I think is part of what he wanted to reveal about himself. Yeah. Is he he, um, wants to be um, uh, connected to us. He wants Mm. to be associated with us. He wants to be... um, Oh, wow. uh, ...connected with humanity. Mm -hmm. And that has been his his pattern, you know, throughout time. Are there times where God does not use a human to mediate the experience? Mm. Absolutely. Moses had that with the Ten Commandments. Moses ascends the hill, ascends the mountain, and God writes on the stones with his finger. (laughs) That's insane. God can speak uh, through his spirit uh, to us in ways that aren't necessarily directly from or through the Bible. Yeah, he may speak through a dream. We have that in the Old Testament. We have that uh, in visions with the New Testament. He spoke to Peter through mm-hmm. a vision. He was fast, or he was, you know, going up on the roof to pray, mm-hmm. and he fell into a trance. And God revealed that hey, Gentiles can and are fully accepted. Yeah, um, can be accepted and are fully accepted and are clean. Uh, all those who believe. So, anyway, I guess what I'm trying to hit a, hit on is. God usually uses humanity to reveal himself. And when he does it in the scripture, and when he did it in Christ, it's untainted. Yeah. 
Even though he used humanity, you know, even though Christ took on flesh, it was untainted. Even though Christ, uh, or you know, God used human authors who themselves were flawed, but the scriptures are not. Mm-hmm. In so much as we could say from Genesis to Revelation, what we have is God's direct words. Hmm. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that's what's interesting is that should give us peace. That should give us a greater connection with God. But I think it was what many Christians, even Christians, struggle with is the whole idea that, well, that, that doesn't really help me argue the point that I believe the Word of God is true. Yeah, and again, that's where I, you know, I would point people to very mm-hmm. smart people who are Christians who can kind of give you, mm-hmm. you know, reasonable answers for why the scripture should be trusted why they can be trusted and all of that but again I believe from from a pastoral perspective we, we have to admit and for me personally and this is what I would teach is this is something that I'm presupposing about the Bible every time that I read it I'm presupposing and I don't have to run from that because this is a faith mm-hmm. this is called the faith Mm-hmm. <laughs> this issue of Christianity is a belief. And so I'm presupposing every time I read the Bible that I, what I'm about to read is God's Word. So I don't read it and then determine for myself, well, this is and this isn't. Yeah. This verse is and this is not because of whatever reason. I either don't like it morally, it asks too much of me, maybe I, from a, a, like an intelligence reason, maybe there's a contradiction that I see. Mm-hmm. None of that matters. For me, every time I approach the Bible, I'm presupposing this is God's Word. Lord, will you speak to me through it? Because this is your Word. Yeah. And the personal relationship component, we can also go to it and say, Holy Spirit, you're the author. Would you reveal this to me? Holy Spirit who lives within me, would you reveal this to me? Well, I hope some of y'all could sit down and write down some of the takeaways um, from that conversation. Uh, some of the things that stood out to me were, uh, yeah, that the, I think we have very, a very, um, and maybe and not in a wrong way, I think in a, in a very smart way, we have made the Christianity more of a practical religion and, and what it means to us practically today. Therefore, it's become very cultural. And that's not all bad, but I, I would say really now looking at it, there's so much of Christianity that transcends our culture. There's so much about Jesus that is so intangible and not tangible that I can't fully grasp or fully understand it unless He reveals it to me. Um, so it can almost seem even more mystical than we even think. Um, and to have that in our forefront about the gospel, about who we are, that at the end of the day, He saved me not for anything that I've done or think or understand, but He saved me because He loves me. Like that is just, uh, it's hard to wrap your mind around that thinking in general. So um, I hope you all took that away from the conversation. And then, um, so the second part will be more unpacking of what the Bible really is to us as the Christian. What does it mean to the Christian Especially what it means more than anything is that it is a way to personally and intimately know God, to have a relationship with the God of the universe. It is a way that He relates to us and loves us 
to know him and him to, to know us. So, um, yeah, me and Daniel continue conversation. So next week, I hope you turn tune in and uh, listen to that second part, and I'll keep some of these conversations coming. Uh, take care.